Welcome to The Good Night Show. I'm Shay Morrison, sleep expert and co-founder of The Good Night Co. Join me each week for hints and tips on all things sleep. Hello and welcome back to The Good Night Show. Did you know people have on average four to six dreams per night and they last maybe around five to 20 minutes? Dreaming makes up a huge amount of our time spent sleeping, but we only usually remember maybe one or two of our dreams per week. The million dollar question is, why do we dream and how can we remember our dreams? I'm really excited to introduce today's guest, Alison McCarthy, a passionate sleeper, sleep health advocate and lucid dreamer. Alison uses her platform, The Sleeping Third, to elevate our connection to sleep and our dreams so that we can make the most of the third of our lives that we spend in bed asleep. Today, Alison and I talk about the what, why, and how of dreaming, where it occurs in the sleep cycle, and how you can proactively establish routines to help you remember your dreams, or even manipulate them in creative and powerful ways. Alison, ah, the first question I love to ask guests is how did you sleep last night? How did I sleep last night? That's such a good question to start off with. I slept pretty well last night, I will say, but it has been a little bit of a hectic couple of weeks. Uh, we are, my family and I are looking for a house. So house hunting has caused certain amounts of stress, which definitely impacts my sleep. But I will say after the sort of highs and lows associated with that looking process, I definitely had a really restful amount of sleep last night. So I'm really happy and feeling like I'm in good spirits and got my rest in. Oh, that's fantastic. It is stressful looking for houses. And that is something that people need to take into consideration is that when you are going through a stressful time, um, are you balancing your sleep? Exactly. And it's so hard to get out of balance when you are stressed out. And so I, you know, even someone with sort of that really specific intentionality to sleep well, definitely can fall right out of place when, when, when you're overstressed. Yeah. And for those, I'd, I, I need to introduce you. Um, you are a fellow person passionate about sleep and you have a really interesting business because Alison, you, you're a lucid dreamer and you run a platform called The Sleeping Third. So it's a content platform that you can find on Insta, Instagram and Twitter. Um, so tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like you said, I run a a website. I I run a website as well, which I failed to mention um, called the sleeping third. And it's more about ways to educate everyone on the power of sleep and dream. I have this tagline that I love to use, which is that we spend one third of our lives asleep. So let's make it count. And that's a combination of getting that restful sleep for wellness and just being a productive person in the world or just being a happy person, um, as well as focused on dreaming. Uh, I'm particularly interested in in dreams and creativity, but there's a lot of different ways that you can explore uh, your dreams in, in all kinds of different, like interesting ways and nuggets. So basically I run Instagram, Twitter, and a website that provides little nuggets of content around how to sleep better, um, how you can start your own dreaming journey and ways to get into lucid dreaming and why that might be a super valuable uh, exercise for you in, uh, depending on where you, you are in your life. Well, I can't wait for you to tell us about uh, more about lucid dreaming, but how did you start this obsession with sleep and dreams? Yes. And I will say it's a great, the word obsession is a fantastic word in this case. I mean, it can have some negative connotations, but it is truly accurate for me and where I am in time. So 
I will say my lucid dreaming journey, if you will, started out when you know, I was quite young, which is very true for most people who really get into this space. Uh, as a child, I had spontaneous lucid dreams. I don't really remember the content, but I know that they were there and having this sort of awe, if you will, of, oh my goodness, what is this? In a landscape where dreams weren't really talked about, some families have this uh, experience where, you know, dreams are talked about and, and it's open. But most families and most people in general don't grow up with a community of of dreaming at the forefront. It's not something that most people sit around the breakfast table and talk about their dreams. There's some, there's some kind of innate sort of, um, both fascination, but sort of reluctance or hesitant to talk about that. And I find that so fascinating. Uh, so when I was a kid, I had these experiences and I, and, and like most others, I, you know, didn't talk about it. I didn't say anything, but I was just fascinated. And through my childhood and, and into my teens and into my, you know, my college years, I had always tried to write down my dreams. I thought they were I thought they were funny. I thought they were weird. I thought they were inspirational. Many children have nightmarish experiences as well, um, especially if there's trauma there and there's ways to heal through that. Um, And some people tend to live their lives afraid of dreaming too. So all of this rich territory for exploring the subconscious, whether negative or positive, was really fascinating to me. And so I had attempted through the years to, to catalog my dreams. I have really old recordings that I have no memory of doing, by the way, of me probably, you know, right waking up and trying to record dreams. And I think that was, there's only about a week's worth of recordings. And I listened to them recently and I laughed because I don't remember it, (laughs) but it was such a funny time, um, journey rather of, of just trying to capture dream recall throughout my life. And I would say about three years ago when the sleeping third came to be is when I really started this practice in earnest, I said, you know what? Uh, it's been my whole life of this. There's obviously something ticking in me that I need to resolve. Um, I need to sort of feel this calling, if you will. And I really started to put a put pen to paper on a practice, on a curricula, even um, studying not only with uh, mentors and teachers and advisors in the space, but reading every book possible, not only in the dream space, but the sleep space as well. So it started with this curiosity as a child that then just kind of never, I never scratched that itch until, you know, really in earnest three years ago. And finally I said, it's happening now. And so that's the, the sleeping third was born and here we are today. <laughs> wow. It's so fascinating. So a couple of questions before we go into lucid dreaming, Do, does everybody dream? Everybody dreams. Yes. The, there is some research and I'm, I, I'm not going to quote all the, so much research in this space that, you know, there's a small handful of of folks who, who might not dream because of brain injuries and things like that. Mm. I don't have statistics, but yes, everybody dreams and everybody dreams um, nearly every night, assuming that they've gotten sort of that REM, that um, Mm. that REM time period within their sleep cycles. Uh, Sometimes REM can be suppressed for different reasons. Alcohol is an REM suppressor or what have you, but that doesn't mean that you don't dream. Um, uh, It it just might mean that you have fewer REM periods or you don't remember as much um, or you don't have as much uh, time in that, in that state to, to have as many, uh, dreams, but everybody dreams, everybody dreams, multiple dreams a night. We have evolved that way. And that's yeah. still, that's still a mystery actually from, I mean, there's tons of theories, of course, but that still remains a mystery to us. 
yeah, it's it's more about the recall of dreams, which can yeah. be trained as opposed to sort of people will say, oh, you know, I don't have dreams or I don't dream, whatever version of that story. But it's actually I, I didn't remember my dreams is the actual sort of accurate way of saying that. Yeah, because sometimes I mean, I, I feel like I dream a, a lot. I don't actually interesting. I don't remember my dreams like from last night, but often I have some really vivid, long dreams. Right. And um, but I find that if I don't write them down straight away, then I forget them. Absolutely. That is a hundred percent true. And that's where, when we talk about, you know, I say, I talk about a lot with, with folks who are really interested in learning about this, the importance of writing it down right away, not only writing it down right away in the morning, uh, but writing it down throughout the night. So if you wake up, everybody has these micro awakenings each time you go through a sleep cycle. So mm-hmm. most of the time um, it's imperceptible to us. We wake up and go right back to sleep without even our cognitive awareness of that. Uh, however, I am a, a, a middle of the night bathroom user. So I'm often up and every time I get up to use the restroom, I will write down any dream that I'm experiencing in that state, because I've come out of a sleep cycle at that moment. And oftentimes right while you're coming out of a sleep cycle is when your REM periods are, mm. and you can remember a dream, which is why when you wake up, even in the end of the morning, um, that's when they, that's when they're there the most. So you have yeah. to write them down immediately when you have them. And sometimes your brain is very tricky. So, so sometimes <laughs> you'll wake up in the middle of the night, if, if that's uh, applicable to you. And, um, you'll say, Oh, I'll remember I had this dream. It's pretty vivid for me right now. It's so vivid. I don't feel like writing anything down in the middle of the night. Um, so I'm going to wait until morning. And then of course, inevitably by morning, there's nothing there. <laughs> so I use what I, I use what I call or several people call the keyword method. So I have a pen and a paper, just rough paper by my bed. And I just write down a couple of things. So for example, if this were a dream I was having, I'd write Shay, Allison, the goodnight company. Um, we are uh, talking about, I was, we were talking about dreams. That's all I would write just quickly, regardless of how much detail I could remember about this moment then I could look at those notes in the morning and be like, oh yeah, I remember the whole rest of it, even if it wasn't there at all when I had woken up. So yeah, people tend to have this feeling that they need to have this elaborate dream journal right when they wake up. And I have an elaborate dream journal, it's digital, but I wait until, you know, I haven't even written mine from last night down yet. Um, I just have my keywords and I'll do it. I'll do it later tonight um, for myself or when I have time or even a couple of days later because scheduling in life. Right. Yes. So I really yeah. have this approach of path of least disruption to my day to day so that I can maintain these practices over the long haul. As soon as you're spending too much time on stuff that feels like busy work, it becomes, it becomes a habit that's going to fall, fall away pretty quickly. Yeah. So diving a bit more into lucid dreaming. So can you tell us what is the definition or what is lucid dreaming? Yeah. Lucid dreaming, it's so fun. The the basic definition of lucid dreaming is to be consciously aware that you are dreaming while a dream is underway, while you're currently dreaming about it. Mm. Um, so this experience of lucid dreaming is, ah, I'm having, I'm looking around and I say, oh, wait, I'm in a dream right now. And then you, that's sort of that aha moment of being aware that what you're experiencing is in the dream state is, is the basic definition of lucid dreaming. Now, there are different ways to, I guess, categorize might be the best word or to think about lucid dreams. Some lucid dreams can just be that simple awareness that says, oh, aha, this is a dream. And then that's it. You just know that it's a dream. It carries 
out like it would normally do if you weren't aware. It's kind of a passive watching experience. You, you just know that you're dreaming. Um, and people tend to call this, you know, there are different levels or criteria for how the quality of a lucid dream. So you can experience that aha moment and just do nothing. Um, people talk about lucid dreams like controlling a dream. I prefer to use the word influence uh, because you're not really controlling you do have more influence. You can influence, you know, the color of objects, or if you, if you're really strong, you could in, intend on where to go or what to do. A lot of people fly because it's exhilarating. It's quite fun. <laughs> um, they have encounters with people, with loved ones or celebrities or people who have passed on even. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're controlling the sort of the extent of the narrative necessarily or everything that happens. It's, I think, I like to think of it as co-creation in many ways. So the, what's the difference, what's the difference between lucid dreaming and just dreaming? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in lucid dreaming, you know, you have a full on awareness that you're in a dream okay. and there's a, there's a quality of understanding. There's just something that, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm in a dream. You're really it, in it. You can feel you're it. Really in it. You yeah. know it, you understand that you, you think, oh my gosh, I'm dreaming. You maybe recognize as a, a dinosaur or something that you're yeah. acting at or, or whatever. Um, in a non-lucid dream or a regular dream, um, it's just following a narrative. You just have no conscious aware. When you wake up, you had thought prior to that, that that was objective reality for you in that moment, yeah. right? Yeah. So there was no, there's no difference of like, it's imagining us having a dream right now. We're having this dialogue together. It's really engaging. We're talking about all this stuff. But if I woke up, I would have had no idea that this moment was a dream. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Wouldn't know. Okay. That right? makes and sense. So, and it's kind of like this abstract disattachment, if you will, to what's going on in the narrative. You know, I would I was having a dream last night that was pretty um, mundane, just using the restroom at a rest stop. And when I woke up, I was like, oh, that was that was strange. But I had no moment in that reality that I was experiencing in the dream that I didn't yeah. know that it was a dream. I was just living out the narrative, regardless of some things that were like, oh, that's strange. You you tend to sort of give yourself a reason for why things are weird or, you know, that kind of thing. In the lucid dreaming, that's sort of, you know, often when you feel things as well. So you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a knowing, there's not only like a, um, like there's something, you have that aha moment, usually it requires that moment. There's a moment in time that you say, oh my gosh, this is a dream. And then it basically switches to you're in control mode, if you will, yeah. control influence mode. Um, so it's it could be um, narrative, narrative, non-lucid, non-lucid dream, and then potentially something is re- so weird or so emotional or so crazy or so off that you're like, wait a minute, this is definitely a dream. And you can train yourself to look for those cues and to understand when those cues are happening. Um, but uh, then, then after that moment, that aha, that I'm lucid, then you, and then it feels differently. You kind of know it. There's an excitement. Many people, early lucid dreamers get too excited and wake themselves up because they're like, oh my gosh, this is real. It's crazy. <laughs> and um, why is it something that we should be doing? Like, what are the benefits? Are there health benefits related to it? How does it yeah. connect in with sleep? Absolutely. So this question is one of the biggest questions that I think all lucid dreamers get in general. And I I don't think there's a perfectly neat answer to it. Um, I think you can use lucid dreaming for lots of different applications, not only lucid dreams, but just non 
lucid dreams as well, regular dreaming. So I'm really interested in lucid dreams and dreaming for creativity. So active problem solving or like creation. I, I love to write. I love to write fiction. Um, I love to draw things like that. So I can use the lucid dreaming space as a sort of incubation area to sort of imagine pieces of art or imagine things that I want to make or imagine sort of like just creative ideas. Yeah. So you can go into lucid dream and you can, you can look around and, and, and maybe things will appear. Like if you look on, there was a story, I can't remember who it was. And so I hope for your listeners, we can, um, they can do the research on this, but uh, someone who would always going into a lucid dream, imagine being in a museum. So they would sort of influence the space to turn wherever they are into a museum. And then they would look at whatever art was on the museum walls and then create that art in real life. And it was a beautiful story. Yeah. And so you can, you know, you can really hone a craft, your, your craft in that way. I I have a, a fellow comrade, um, in the lucid dreaming space, his name is, is Dave Green. And he, he goes in and he draw he, he basically incubates this drawing space and he creates these little illustrations from his lucid dreams. He asks for art, they show up and then he draws them and wakes up and shows them. And it's, it's just a really cool way to create, be really, really creative. Not everyone has that itch for them. So a lot of lucid dreaming can be around um, and what's really handy and helpful, especially under the, the support and guidance of, of people who really experience and lucid dreaming plus, you know, therapists, but lucid dreaming can be an incredible healing experience for people who have dealt with trauma, post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress disorders, um, to face really deep seated issues within their lives and heal them and face them, address them. A lot of this is called shadow work where, um, whatever trauma might be expressing itself in a dream, uh, can be, can come up as a monster or darkness or just anger. And it feels scary, frightening images, but you can learn to speak to those shadow figures and say, you know, become lucid and say, um, project love onto that shadow figure that might be represented somewhere in your deep subconscious that you might not even be aware of and project love to that entity or say that you love them. I like to hug them and they often transform into sort of beautiful creatures. Or I've had one experience where a monster that I hugged turned into like beautiful horses. And I I felt (laughs) that energy of change happen. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have the language or uh, ability to articulate what was transformed, what trauma was addressed. But I know that there's catharsis because I wake up and I feel it sometimes. The change. So powerful. And sometimes just because I feel better, something has passed. And that is really a helpful tool for people that really do want to focus on on healing. And there's many other ways to do it. Um, A lot of emotional healing really is a fantastic way, creativity. But also, I don't like to underscore the the amount of joy associated with lucid dreaming. I mean, it is just really fun to fly around. Like, this sort of, like, human nature to want to be able to fly through the heavens. I mean, that is possible in lucid dreaming. and, And there is an innate sense of, like... Uh, just happiness and joy that can be explored there in ways that um, are obviously impossible in, in, in regular waking life, if you will. 
do you have a practice? Like, is it necessary to really focus on this and bring it into your consciousness before you go to sleep or? Yes. Lucid dreaming is definitely a practice. It's similar to a spiritual practice or, or a meditation practice that you might have where you have to dedicate that intentionality to it on a regular basis. But I like to think of it as something that can be not very disruptive to your life. There, You can take lucid dreaming practices and I'll get into that in a moment really far but then you're um you tend to when you go too far on sort of like these practices some of them happen in the middle of the night for example you uh, are doing that at the expense of of great sleep and to me the number one priority regardless of a lucid dreaming practice is is health and wellness related to sort of really quality sleep so for me my practice is built around sleep being the first and foremost and then dreaming being the secondary part of it uh they work in tandem and i can't you can't have one without the other and some people will go pretty far on the other side now that being said the lucid dreaming practices um are really a 24-hour affair if you will how you I, i talked about earlier how you can practice sort of these questions of understanding whether you're in a dream or not so that when you get into a dream you you have a you have a cue or a trigger that helps you say, oh, wait, am I dreaming or not? Mm. And basically what that can look like from a daytime practice, if you will, is any time that you see anything unusual. I had this um, methodology where I, I think about things that are quote off, so, or out of rather, so out of. And what I mean by that is if someone's behaving out of character, I'll go, wait, am I in a dream? Now try to really ask myself that in daily life. So someone's asking if someone's out of character I'll say wait is this a dream and I'll look around and I'll check and I'll say okay it is not a dream okay great and then if some if something is out of place it's something where it shouldn't be something small or weird like wait a minute is this a dream if something's out of the extraordinary that's happening the day we have in 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 San Francisco we have something called fleet week where these crazy military jets fly around that's unusual in my day so it's like wait a minute is this scary (laughs) it's a bit scary they're very loud Um, but it's a celebration nonetheless you you find these little moments like that and you say am I dreaming is this a dream and you Mm. really need to sort of like think about that with your full mind and body and and really even though you quote no you're not in a dream but you have to ask yourself that and so the more you do that the more you find those moments during the day, you'll just naturally carrying them over into your dreams. And eventually you'll just do it more and more in your dreams because you're doing it more and more in your day. And that will become a habit for you. And you'll begin to start asking those questions of yourself while you're in a dream state. Uh, another big part of the practice, and this lends itself well, if you're a frequent bathroom goer in the middle of the night, like me, is you, you need to wake up, basically intercept your, your longest REM period. So effectively, uh, you go through about five or six sleep cycles a night. They're roughly around 90 minutes. You can try to figure out your own if you want to wake yourself up. Um, and the earlier uh, sleep cycles in the beginning of the night have, you know, five, 10 minutes of REM where most of your dreams are. I won't get into the fact that some dreams can be outside of REM, but let's just for argument's sake. So most of your dreams are in REM. And so in the beginning of the night, so early, you're getting five, 10 minutes, you know, and as it progresses through the night, you're getting more and more and you can have up to, you know, a half an hour, 45 minutes of REM, the, you know, the later in the evening. So your, your final sleep cycles, the, you know, right when you're going to wake up. So effectively, you know, what is a really fantastic practice for, for folks to do is to intercept the last two, which is usually about two, two and a half hours before you'd wake up for the day. Mm-hmm. 
um, set an alarm for that. I, I kind of do all this naturally, you know, because I'm a frequent bathroom goer in the middle of the night, but you can set an alarm for that. And um, depending on how this works for you, I always recommend people experiment and try. Uh, but, you know, stay up for about five minutes, 10 minutes. Some people like to stay up for a full 20 minutes um, or half an hour even and meditate and read lightly, no bright lights or anything and no phones, just to get into the headspace of like, I'm a little bit more awake than I normally would be to go into my next REM state, which will then help me recognize the dreams just a little bit more than um, earlier, earlier dreams. And because there's more REM time in those, the next cycles that you'll get, you're just intercepting that like longer period of, of dreaming time. Because I, I, yeah, I feel like I definitely remember more of my dreams that are, that's the dream in my last sleep cycle. So closest to, to waking up. Yeah. And you can even fall into, you know, maybe you've experienced this. I certainly have where I've snoozed a little bit. And even in that 10 minute snooze, we'll have a dream. And it's probably because you've just come out of an REM state and you just go right back into it. Um, there's a technique where actually you can practice to learn what's called waking induced lucid dreaming. It's a bit advanced, but effectively uh, you can go from a waking state. So you just lay back in bed right into a dream without ever losing that conscious awareness so you don't even perceive that you're falling asleep you just are awake and then in a dream lucid already and there's ways to practice that that's a bit advanced but um yeah there there you can you can do you can do that as well it's a bit hard and it gets it, there's a lot of strange things that happen in that sort of in between state but it's definitely a practice that people do quite regularly <laughs> And now it's time for a quick break. Are you having trouble falling asleep? Calm your busy mind and drift off with the Goodnight Co. Deep Sleep Drops. Using a combination of naturally derived ingredients, our deep sleep drops have been scientifically formulated to help you naturally achieve a deep, restful sleep. Just eight drops under the tongue before bed can help you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. We're offering you 20% off your next purchase of our deep sleep drops with the discount code podcast20. Try them today. Available at thegoodnightco.com.au. So for the for the basics, so for people that, you know, are new to dreaming because they don't maybe necessarily remember their dreams or they've never heard of lucid dreaming, what sure. are what are a couple of the basic things that people can do prior to going to bed that maybe maybe there's something they can incorporate in their sleep routine to yeah. set them on their path of this dream journey? This is a bit counterintuitive, but the biggest thing that anyone can do in the st- in starting is to just ignore lucid dreams entirely (laughs) because what happens (laughs) you get so worked up and focused on like oh I'm not getting lucid or I'm not becoming lucid you're actually ignoring the basic practices to lead up to that so first I will say that well for anyone starting out the in general the best thing to do is to start with the intention to just remember dreams right yeah and And write write them down so and write that notebook and write those the keywords is uh, is is a great idea because then you don't have to turn your light on, you know, come out of that sleepy stage and, and break that sleep cycle. Yeah. And there's actually, um, pens with a light, like a red yes, light on. They're brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. those. And I write them in the dark. So sometimes I can't read my handwriting if I'm being honest, yeah. but 
Um, there's lots of ways to do that. But yeah, so the, so the first thing when you're starting on a dreaming journey in general, it's just to focus on dream recall. So remembering your dreams, make sure you're set up for it. You know, you have you have your sleep hygiene really set. So you're, you're going to bed at a decent time. You're not looking at, you know, screens before bed. You're not super stressed out. All the typical sleep hygiene applies here. So continue your routine. I, you know, you separate between a half an hour to an hour before you go to sleep. All that applies. Meditation is also super helpful. And you can do a basic mindful meditation. That's five, 10 minutes, not nothing too stressful. People tend to put this like, Oh, I'm not a spiritual person or, you know, what have you that little bit of mindfulness, five, 10 minutes. Or just a beautiful, we often talk about even, um, you know, find a great site that's got a a five minute guided meditation. You know, if you, if you've never practiced meditation, you don't know how to do it. Listening to a guided meditation is, you know, it will set you on your journey. Precisely. So I very much encourage that to be not only part of the routine for sleep, but also as part of the dream practice as well. And so usually what I, what I encourage folks to do in their early stages. Um, so have the, have the notepad next to you. Don't worry about the perfect writing or whatever. You can deal with that later. Um, but why are, when you're going to sleep, there's a state in between sleeping and, and uh, being awake called hypnagogia. And it basically just means transitioning into, into sleep. And it's that time in between feeling awake and feeling really sleepy. You might see colors. You might have really abstract, nonsensical, nonlinear ideas. You might be thinking about a quacking duck and then work and then something completely bizarre and then a color will appear and then either you kind of fall into sleep or you wake up um and so I I I encourage people to practice just playing in that space um just because it gets you in this idea of transitional states of of there is a difference between that state of being awake it's very subtle I've recorded myself in that stage actually of just like nonsense talking which I get I've never actually fully (laughs) been able to understand but it's a liminal space in between and I, I I tend to just just focus on that for a little bit um uh, and just see how that just work that out. There are lots of people in history who've used that state to just come up with ideas. Tesla being one of them who would drop, would be holding a, a weighted, you know, a, a very heavy key and would fall asleep and drop it once, you know, they reached the state, but they had ideas. And anyway, that's one other thing. But I often um, have people really pay attention. Could, can, can they, can they sort of ride the wave, if you will, surf into dreaming? And that just helps set up the mind to, to, to know that you're looking at different states of consciousness that are not just normal and useful. Everyone just usually, you know, flies by that. Yeah. In addition, before bed, um, and even in that state, you know, as you're drifting further, you know, I often use just, uh, just a little bit of a mantra that's tonight. I will remember my dreams tonight. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. And you just say that as you're drifting tonight, I'll remember my dreams tonight. I'll become lucid. If you want to focus on lucid a little bit, but tonight I'll remember I'll have great dreams. I'll learn some, you know, just a little mantra. I just mean simple. Um, uh, you know, I call forth my best dreams tonight is what I say. Um, yeah. And you could do some version of that that feels right for you and natural for you to say every every night as you're drifting. And I do that too when I go back to sleep from from using the restroom or what have you all continue that process of both paying attention to that liminal stage and repeating this mantra of tonight I'll remember my dreams. Um, and that's really it. And then you'll you'll start to remember your dreams way more often. It'll just wow. naturally come. You're setting the intentionality. I will say when I first started my journey with, with uh, rigor, like I'm doing now, which again was about three years ago, 
I was having, you know, I was remembering rather, um, you know, one dream a week, I would say. <laughs> um, and now it's, you know, between three and 10 at night. So wow. it's just really about putting the, um, it's a practice really in place. Yeah. yeah. And just doing it every day and doing it every day and doing it every day and not disrupting your life to a point where it's too much work for you and finding those avenues to like get out of it. If you're getting out of it, you're, you're not feeling motivated or it's too much work because you're writing too much in the morning. Like just, yeah. you have to ease it up. You have to ease it up. You have to find that balance. And one of the, um, the things that I saw on your website, which I love is that, you know, is pro it's so important to prioritize sleep, which we talk about over here at the good night co all the time um, and to make it non-negotiable. So I guess that, you know, all of this, everything that we've talked about today around dreaming is just another key element to really look at why um, sleep is so important and dreaming is an important state for us. And if you're somebody who's wanting to tap into some more creativity um, you know, if you, if you may be wanting to go down that path of healing or, um, you know, the, the trauma side of things is some benefits there, but, you know, I think that everything that you're doing, um, really helps to facilitate the, um, routine that we encourage people get into and make sleep non-negotiable. What, what would you say, Alison, would be your top three sleep tips or or things that you can't live without for, for sleep? My, my biggest one is making my bedroom, my sanctuary, um, I, I don't have TV or any distractions in there. It's just sort of a bed with a cozy uh, comforter and um, blackout shades and all of that. So I really think of my sleep space as sanctuary um, where I know that not only am I using it to sort of better myself as a human being with great sleep, but also as a dreaming practice and sort of like, this is this my little laboratory. And so it's yeah. really important for me to have that space be really um beautiful as much. And it's not always possible for people to do that. You know, some people, especially with working from home in their offices or their bedrooms and, yeah. you know, challenge, but as much as you can separate that or create that space for yourself, whether it's leave the debt, like with, during the day, put the desk in another room, if, if that's yeah. your situation, um, but try to really separate all of that. And I try very hard not to have screens in at all in bed. So no working in bed, no phones in bed, you know, just use, yeah. use the bedroom for sleep and, you know, fun stuff with your partner. Huh? Absolutely. <laughs> that's the two key, the two keys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's big for me. And then another one is big for me, um, related. It really is giving, is giving that consistent routine, you know, whatever going to bed at the same time or near the same time, um, every day, including weekends, waking up at the same time or near the same time every weekend, and then giving yourself that, uh, half an hour to an hour before you actually go to sleep to separate. I love this notion of, um, you know, when you come back from the gym, you don't just like get in bed. It's the same thing. Like the day is like your gym. And so you need to take a shower, relax, try to process any sort of stress or energy from the work or day or whatever, whatever you have have, try to sort of clean it, if you will, a la the gym analogy before you're sort of going to, going to sit down for the night. Yeah. And then the last one, number three, I would say that, you know, use, use tools, use things. So I have a sleep mask. I have, um, you know, a sound meditation. I like sense. I know you have a lot of that on yeah. uh, with, with your business. Essential and, oils. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. And um, I have ear, I, I sleep in earplugs. Yeah. Uh, so I really, I, I, tr- I try to create a space that I have actively produced for myself to ensure that I get the most the, the sleep that I want to get. And, and that's actually different from my partner. So my partner goes to bed at a different time than I do. He doesn't always sleep in ear with earplugs. And, um, and we've created a space that just because he goes to bed at a different time, um, doesn't mean that we don't have love. I feel like there's a, a lot of times people will be like, oh, if you're not this, that, and the other, then your relationship is flawed or whatever. And I think that's just such terrible thinking. Um, yeah. You can be different on different schedules and still have the same experience. Some people just need to sleep in separate beds and that's okay too. Like it's, that's it's not, it's, totally fine. Yeah. If yeah. you're not getting good sleep and you're getting restless sleep, it's probably because of your partner. And so <laughs> it's know, right. so yeah. important that you get the, the right sleep. Exactly. And I keep, you know, he, he's obviously well with me on the streaming journey, but he's not a dreamer. He's not his focus. And so I set him up for just be aware that I'm going to be doing this. And and now it's second nature to him as well. But I do think it's important as a partnership to communicate that this this is happening and that you need this and that you're prioritizing this and you're going to go to bed really early and you're not going to, you know, watch that show together. So you're going to deal with it. (laughs) That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think those are, are really big. And I think people undervalue the fact that like it is a co-collaboration with a partner and you need to be really communicative about those things. Um, when you're, whether you're prioritizing sleep or dream, it's um, people are to tend to be on different journeys, even if they're, you know, married or in a, in a partnership. Absolutely. Well, Alison, thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful knowledge about dreaming. It's something that I think that people are either doing a lot of or, you know, can't quite tap into. So I'm sure that there's a lot of gold nuggets in here and particularly one of them that I love um, was around the mantra. So, you know, a way to really start this practice is to just encourage the dreaming state as you're, as you're drifting off to sleep and see where it takes you. Exactly. That is absolutely right. That's all you need to get started. Nothing more. Um, an ability to write it down and just the intention. So with that mantra, and um, I will, I'll, I'll give you one last parting advice, which is just not to give up. Um, people, if you're not remembering your dreams, it will come. So don't force it. Uh, keep doing that intention and it'll naturally start to evolve for you. And you'll be so surprised within a month or two months of how many dreams you are remembering. And even at that point, you might have some lucid dreams. You might not. They might come. They might not. But um, be patient on this journey. It's a lifetime journey. And I wish everyone the best in, in getting started or continuing if that's where you are. Oh, thank you so much. And if anybody wants to get some more information about Alison and what she's doing, head on over to the Sleeping Third on Instagram and Twitter, and also check out her website as well, thesleepingthird.com. Thank you so much. And I wish you, you. Um, a beautiful night's sleep tonight. I'd love to know if you have any amazing <laughs> lucid dreams. <laughs> Likewise, I will. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Thank you, Alison. Thank you for listening to The Good Night Show. If you're keen to learn more about our guests or any of the topics we've spoken about today, hop on over to the Good Night Co. closed Facebook community group or check us out at thegoodnightco.com.au. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider by searching The Good Night Show. And if you love what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a glowing review. Thanks, everyone.